Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And so happy to be back with you once again. Thanks for hitting that play button. Coming up on this show, my reunion tour with former radio colleagues continues as the host of Captain and Company in the Morning on OldSchool101.com and the Aquarius 7 Broadcasting Network, Captain Chris Hill. He was one of my teammates in the late 1980s at WOKV Orlando's Hot 16. And he is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. Well, this week begins what I call the worst week in sports talk broadcasting. Super Bowl week because of... Radio Row. (laughs) Yes, I annually have to take my shot at this each and every year. And no, it's not because I don't go to Radio Row and I don't participate in Super Bowl week. Not jealous of those guys because Radio Row is just a, you know, every talk show in America has to be there. And all the cycled guests go from one end of the dial to the other, basically. If you listen to to Jim Rome and you listen to Dan Patrick and you listen to, uh, you know, your local sports talk show host who happens to be on Radio Row. You get those same, you know, Joe Montana, four Skechers <laughs> interviews. And, you know, so they pimp their products and it's just weak, weak radio. Just, you know, there's no real thought to it other than, hey, we're here at the Super Bowl. We're here at the Super Bowl. The people listening in your audience don't care if you're at the Super Bowl or if you're you're in your backyard. We don't care. So anyway, I guess in order to kind of get Radio Row uh, some some juice, I guess a couple of UFC fighters got into a little confrontation was George, uh, George Masvidal. I don't know who the U- UFC guys are, so uh, um, f- forgive me for not knowing. Uh, uh, and and uh, Kamaru Usman, again, I don't know who these guys are, but uh, I guess they uh, decided to have a, have a little exchange there, and here we are. They're giving them free pub for their upcoming <laughs> whatever, you know, UFC 917 or whatever it is. But anyway, I guess that's probably as exciting as Radio Row will ever get. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast one of my former colleagues from the old WOKB Orlando's Hot 16. He is the host of Captain and Company in the Morning on OldSchool101.com on the Aquarius 7 Broadcasting Network, the captain himself, Chris Hill. Chris, good to talk to you, buddy. Hey, Jeff, uh, kudos to you, man. You've been around as long as I have. <laughs> That's saying something, you know, and think about this, right? You know, neither of us would have thought way back in 1988 when we were working at WOKB that some 30 years later... I'd be talking to you on something called a podcast, right? <laughs> you know, what a world we live in, right? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm freaking out that, that there's even such a thing as a podcast. I, I almost got into a knockdown, drag-out fight with somebody about it. <laughs> it's crazy. And I, co- said a pod, I said a podcast is really that mixtape that we, we would used to hand out when we would 
DJ, let's say, like an air check, really. Yeah, exactly. And, hey, I really like the music, and, and you would share it with your friends. And now somebody who, who's a little more educated than us, or they actually got uh, money from their parents to go to a school such as broadcasting school to learn everything that we were taught, to share this tape with all their friends. Yeah. And that's how you got a podcast. And I'm scratching my head going, I just can't believe this. <laughs> it is it is quite remarkable indeed. And, uh, you know, of course, when we were t- together at WOKB, you know, what you, what is now what you do on Old School 101 was the Friday Night Fresh Party back then. God, <laughs> you wouldn't mention that. <laughs> actually, actually... Um, once a year on Halloween, which is my anniversary, first radio show I ever did was Halloween of 1981. I go back and pull air checks from back in the day. And this particular year or last year, we played, uh, a demo I did for the Friday night fresh party. Nice. <laughs> And I'm surprised it still plays after all these years. <laughs> it, it, it certainly does, man. That's it's it's awesome stuff. So, uh, and of course, uh, I know you're a big sports fan, and uh, you you talk a lot of sports on on your morning show. And uh, so, I thought we'd have you on to uh, share some of those thoughts with uh, with my audience and and whatnot. So, wanted to start off, and you know, um, uh, every you know, sports show this week has to talk about Kobe Bryant and his unfortunate passing with him and his daughter. And and I I really liked what you said on your show yesterday about making sure to remember all nine victims because, you know, because Kobe's famous, nobody would know about this helicopter crash outside of Los Angeles. But uh, it is unfortunate. And, you know, many families and many lives were affected. And I really appreciated you saying that on your show yesterday. Well, thank you. It's, Something that I'm learning in my old age is common sense. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have common sense. And if it was so common, everybody would have it. <laughs> and when the when the report first came out, um, I, I actually remember exactly. These, this is going to be one of those uh, events that you will always remember where you were. Like, I remember where I was. Uh, the Challenger explosion, and I talked about that on my show, how I had left WORL going to drop off a TV and a VCR, and I'm driving down Silver Star Road, and I see the the rocket lift off, and I see the cloud, and I'm like, this doesn't look right, and I get to the Maitland uh, Convention Center, or Civic Center, and there was this little old lady crying, and she said the space shuttle blew up. Um, in Kobe's accident, I was asleep in my bedroom, and my mother burst in through the door yelling, Kobe Bryant is dead. And I jumped up out of the bed and yelled back, so what, I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) And I slammed the door shut and I rolled back over to bed to to go back to sleep. And the reason I was so short tempered was I was out at the uh, Rolex 24 covering that. And so two road trips to Daytona within that many days, I mean, I'm kind of tired. Right. I'm not a spring chicken. So i laying in the bed. I'm starting to drift off back to sleep. And it dawned on me what she said. And so I immediately got up and I turned on uh, ESPN 
Because if anybody's going to know he's dead, it would be them. And sure, it was. But what bothered me was as I'm starting to, you know, the journalistic side of me, starting to, you know, investigate, okay, well, how did he end up in the, why was he in a helicopter? Where was he going? Was anybody else with him? And then it started to play out that there was, you know, his daughter with him, and actually there was another pilot, and the other families that were, you know, the other people, well, actually there was one whole family yeah. that was traveling with, with him. It, it really started to, wow. It was just that, that challenger moment. Yeah. And I started to get angry with mainstream media because, yes, he's dead, but you're not talking about everybody that was on the helicopter. Mm -hmm. And it was, God, what was his name? <sighs> Williams, I want to say. I can't think of his name. He played basketball. I think he blew out his knee or, or something. And they oh, had, Jay, Jay, Jay Williams. Okay, Jay Williams. Yeah. So they had him on TV, and I love exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. And he even cursed. I mean, he dropped the, the S-bomb really is not a curse word to me, but some people it is. And he said that we need to, as people, stop being so petty. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could be gone tomorrow. You can get electrocuted right now as you're doing this podcast. I mean, an airplane could fall out of the sky and hit me right now. I mean... Let's hope that doesn't happen. I'm <laughs> not saying that what we want it to happen, but I'm just... It, it can happen. Yeah. So, we as people, as human beings, need to be more cognizant of our surroundings, our friends, our loved ones, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really, I, I had to go off, and then I hear that Charles Barkley did the same thing, and uh, I applaud people that address the situation that way. And now I've noticed mainstream media has finally caught up to the rest of us. Again, fall back to the comment about common sense. If it was so common, everybody would have it. Mm -hmm. You know, there were nine people killed in this helicopter. Kobe Bryant his daughter, and seven others. We need to keep those seven others in high regard, just like we're talking about Kobe and his oldest daughter. Yeah, and, you know, when you talk about that challenger moment, you know, I was, uh, uh, I forget, what, what I, I was watching some college basketball, and they hadn't broken in with the news yet, and my wife had texted me from the back of the house so, you know, TMZ's website is down, you know, reported Kobe Bryant died in a, in a crash. And, and, and it's like, oh, boy. And it's like, you know, TMZ's not wrong, you know. I mean, you know, because I also think of this as a Michael Jackson kind of moment. Because, you know, same kind of, uh, you know, although it was a singular death at that point, you know, TMZ does get that stuff right. Yes, and, and I don't understand how that happens, but... That could be a discussion for a whole nother day. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but uh, I think the other thing that uh, it you know uh, you know again we we you know want to want to want to make sure that we memorialize all the victims and and whatnot. And I think the other thing that's kind of irritated me a little bit at the story is now 
especially media members and people who are wannabes um, going on Twitter, everybody has to say, well, I got to chime in on this. And they're making it about them. And that kind of grandstanding like that is almost you know, nauseating to me. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I, I totally agree about the grandstanding. And, and that's a good term. I'm going to have to steal that one from you, you may. And, and use that because that irks me. You've got people that, that have no experience in broadcasting or in journalism or never been behind a microphone or anything, but now because of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, uh, you name it, you name it. Now they think they're, they, they can do what you and I have been doing for years. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? There, you just, you might get lucky once or twice, but you can't do this every day. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that even goes to sports reporting. Yeah. You know, Just because you've got credentials or you lucked out and, and somebody gave you credentials to a ball game does not, uh, that's a, what's the word I want to use? Necessarily make you a professional sports reporter. Yeah. Well, and, and I that think. That bothers me. Yeah. That really bothers me you've got to put time in and let me tell you something i know you have put a lot of time in and i also know that i have put in a lot of time in and we probably will still put in a lot of time before we get that million dollar check or get called up to the big leagues like some people would like to say yeah but i look back on 38 years and I can say this, if today was my last day on this earth broadcasting or doing journal, anything journalistic, I know I had fun and I know I was good at it because if I wasn't good at it, I wouldn't still be here doing it this long. Right. And, you know, I think it's the mainstream members that are also going on on Twitter that are that are kind of making it about them. That That's, you know, those are the kind of things that uh, it's like, OK, you know, not all just because you do that for a living. It doesn't mean you have to chime in with your every breathing thought about a tragedy that happened to glorify yourself. Those are the people I really have issue with. Well, let's find them and uh, get them over here to, to my studio. We'll put them on Facebook Live. Um, we'll drink some beer. We'll, we'll, we'll put paper bags on them and bash them upside the head. <laughs> there you go. You have, the, you have the cure for all those ills there, right there. So, uh, let's, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's uh, move on. There, there's, a, there's a big game on Sunday, uh, Super Bowl 54. And uh, interesting matchup between the 49ers and the Chiefs. You have the 49ers that are, you know, they're the epitome of old school football. Shut you down on defense, run the ball down your throat. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs who are almost like a video game when they are hitting on all cylinders. This will be an interesting uh, test to see which style wins. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I like... San Francisco's tenacity or smarts to go back to the old school. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the hey, diddle, diddle, full back up the middle. I got it. <laughs> I haven't heard I that in a while. <laughs> I completely understand that. Um, I also understand that the quarterback, if he runs, he becomes a running quarterback, which is something that we've been – people have been doing that in the hood or Sandlot football – since the, 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 the 70s. And now the NFL has finally caught up to something that's been going on for 30 years. <laughs> and I have a problem with that. I'm sorry. I, I have a problem with that because I used to be one of those people. Hey, play quarterback. You take three steps. or You go 15 yards and you cut across. And then you take on the other side, you're going to do 10 yards and cut across. So now I have two people that are going to zigzag pass each other right in front of me. And if something happens and I can't hit receiver one, which is five yards deeper than receiver two, then the center, we used to call him the O, four-letter word, blank man. (laughs) And this is Sandlot football. And... There are DJs I know that used to work at major radio stations in this in this market in Orlando back then, when we were kids, would laugh at that. And do you know, now they come up to me, Chris, that worked then, it would work now. That's what you're watching the 49ers do. Mm-hmm. If, if one is not open, two's not open, three's not open, he's running. Yeah, and... How hard is that? <laughs> this is not something that was invented by, you know, the Grudens and the X-Jet smoke, smoke right, slide left. I hate when I hear all of that. Play football. <laughs> it's a simple sport. All of this terminology trying to say that you're smarter than the next person is the dumbest thing. I've, we're going back to, to common sense. So what the 49ers have done is they've got common sense. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, which I affectionately like to call the chefs, because it took me a while to learn how to spell chiefs correctly. <laughs> Holmes, is, that's, my, that's my boy, that's my dog. I love I loved watching him. That is how you play street football. He's just throwing the ball around. Same principle, one, two, three. Nobody's open, run. So Sunday will be a real testament to common sense football. Who has the ball last is going to be the winner because they've both scored so many damn points, it's outrageous. This should be at least 80 points combined. Anything less than that would be a yawner, a disappointment, because everybody sees it coming. Although, in Super Bowl history, a lot of times when you think you're getting high-scoring affairs, you end up with, uh, with uh, you know, 13 to 10. Um, so ho- hopefully we don't get that. But, uh, but you know, I, I do like the defensive attitude of the 49ers, and I think that is one of the, especially with that defensive line that can get to the quarterback – and, you know, what I like about Mahomes is he doesn't run to run. He runs to pass because he wants to get off a better pass. And, you know, he will run if he has absolutely has to. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because I definitely think, you know, for all the 
passing and offensive numbers we see throughout the course of a season, what do we end up seeing in the playoffs? And who do we see advance? The teams that actually can play defense and have a running game. True. Very true. But this one, if we get a 13-10 to 10 out of San Francisco and Kansas City, there's going to be a lot of people at work sober on Monday. <laughs> That's probably very true. Probably very true. Um, so, you know, as I said, you cover a lot of sports uh, with uh, – with the A7 Broadcasting Network. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, about the Florida teams and this, their state of the union, if you will, the NFL. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I wanted to, we were chatting a little bit last night about about the Bucks, and uh, I wanted to share this stat with you that I kind of worked up regarding Jameis Winston. And think about this. You know, on average, an NFL team gets about eight possessions a game. So you figure with Winston's 30 interceptions, he has put out there almost four games worth of turnovers. And that's not even counting the points that have been given away off of those. In addition, you know, especially with the the seven pick sixes he had. So he's already given up 40 points there. It's kind of crazy to me that uh, why the Bucks would even entertain bringing him back. Wow. And there's a lot of people that have already cashed in their chips on Jameis Winston. Uh, I love what um, Whitlock and whatever the other guy's name is on uh, Fox Sports. They said that uh, Jameis Winston was the black gomer pile. (laughs) And I really got a good laugh out of that one. (laughs) Because his mannerisms just dictate that. I mean... But, hey, if he's a good football player, then I guess we would put up with Gomer Pyle. But Gomer Pyle is turning over the ball too much, and I think he'll get traded. And who do I you, really do. Who do you think would want him? I just him? Don't, know, I don't know who could straighten him out. And it might even have to be a, uh, a team like, and you laugh, the Jets. The Browns, somebody that really needs, I mean, even though we know that both teams have comparable uh, quarterbacks, but they're also one injury away from being right back to where they were, Mm -hmm. a cellar dweller. So it might take Jameis to be traded and sit on the bench and watch somebody else do their thing and him get a second chance after something happens to that person. Well, that I would agree with because I think, you know, Jameis Winston has had so many free passes in life that, uh, you know, and he's been allowed to have free passes, you know, turning the ball over as the Bucks quarterback and has not really suffered the repercussions of being benched or even cut. I think he does have to kind of go through that. Uh, okay. Now what am I going to do? I'm not playing. Yes, that's exactly what would have to happen. And a team that, well, they've already got two quarterbacks. Jacksonville wouldn't even be a bad bad place for him to go. Because then he would have to sit behind uh, Foles, behind Minshew, 
and I don't think he'd ever beat Minshew out though. Together. I don't think he'd ever beat Minshew out. I don't think so either. But where else can he go? Yeah, Miami. Well, you know what? Let's let's start this hot rumor. You know, if the Patriots don't bring Tom Brady back, Bill Belichick will save him. <laughs> That's probably Look, the Bill only guy Belichick who could. <laughs> Bill Belichick can straighten out just about anybody. He had Antonio Brown until Antonio Brown started acting stupid. Mm-hmm. If Antonio Brown had kept his mouth shut, he would still be with the Patriots. No, no question. And even after all that stupidity, New Orleans wanted him. Yeah. And I bet you if New Orleans could have got him, New Orleans would have been, <laughs> it wouldn't be San Francisco in the Super Bowl. It would be New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine A.B. and, and Michael Thomas? My goodness, that would be unfair. <laughs> so it's... Uh, Next year, I was talking with my neighbor about next season. There's going to be, there's like two or three we figured out of the NFC um, and everybody else trying to get their act together, like your squad and my squad. Uh, We won't mention their names. And, um, but the AFC looks really good. I mean, Baltimore, Next year could be, they're like one player away from getting their act together. Tennessee is probably one away, too. And and, and, uh, Mahomes, you know, these guys, they should be, you know, in the running for at least the next five or six years. So this this is looking... uh, Looking good. Yeah, well, you brought up the AFC, so let me ask you this. You know, the Miami Dolphins, you know, all this past season, at first it looked like, okay, they're going to definitely get the number one draft pick, but they steadily got better as the season went on. I think that's a great tribute to uh, Brian Flores uh, because, one, the team never quit on them, and, two, they improved their lot during the season and got to play a little bit of a spoiler role, which got Kansas City into the two seed. And that's a good thing. Um, And I'm glad that Miami turned it around and didn't just tank out the season for the number one pick. I'm glad to to see that they had some fight in them. Um, And respect. So they... uh, Something to to, uh, pay attention to. Actually, one of my uh, sports uh, colleagues... We affectionately like to call him Kumo Kyle, Kyle Nash, the student of the game. He has his own podcast, and he's a writer for uh, the Dolphins Wire. Okay. So maybe we should get, I'll I'll hook you two up, and you can have him on your show. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would appreciate that. And then we were talking a little bit about the Jaguars earlier, and uh, Jay Gruden coming in as the offensive coordinator. He, uh, of course, had a... A rather tumultuous run with the Washington Redskins, um, and you know, I think we know we know a lot of reasons why there, uh, having to do with the, the way that franchise is run. Uh, and Gruden was a really good offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, and time may prove that he was suited better suited to be an offensive coordinator all along. So I'll be interested to see how his impact will be on Jacksonville. Yes, but I think he'll he'll jump in. Uh Feet first because he has something to prove. He really has something to prove to himself. 
not necessarily to the Jags, but to himself. Mm. Can he mentor uh, Minshew to play ball like he did? Because, you know, he was a quarterback for uh, the Orlando Predator, yeah. the Marina Football League. He also was a quarterback at the uh, uh, Tampa Bay uh, Storm. Oh, he was a le- he's, he's an Arena Football League legend. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and I also know him. So I'm trying to... I wasn't happy in D- with what happened in D.C. When they said they were going to make him the head coach, I honestly did not like that move. I did not feel that he was going to be the one to come in and clean up the mess from the Shanahan debauchery. Mm-hmm. And he, I knew it was, he wanted to prove that he could be a head coach. I got that. Um, we all have gone through that phase in life where we jumped in, jumped into a situation that, oops, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Yeah, you, sometimes you have to wait for the right job, you know, and right. and sometimes that doesn't and, happen in that in that stage. Yeah, and I'm glad to see that he's back on his feet. I really thought he was going to end up with uh, his brother in uh, Vegas. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, I literally was saying to folks, you know, this is a shoe in for him to uh, be the OC out there, but I guess uh, that didn't work out. But hey, Jacksonville's good for him. He's back uh, back in Florida. We'll probably see him at a Predators game, <laughs> messing around with uh, uh, oh god, what's the guy's name? Uh, ben Bennett, ben. head coach. <laughs> ben Bennett, wow. You you are dropping back some dimes from the day. <laughs> yes. So um, I'm looking forward to that. But Jacksonville should do much better next year. They should, if they miss the playoffs, it'll be by, by, by a game. Well, it'll be interesting to I don't s- think it's going to be bad like it was this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So you didn't mention our teams by name. You're a Redskin fan i'm a cowboys fan and we both have ultimately the same problem my owner gets in the way your owner not really sure what he's doing (laughs) but he certainly ain't doing anything right (laughs) what do we do about these (laughs) i I have said on the redskins um facebook page that this this organization kills me that i wish Joe Gibbs would go to Toyota and say, give me the money so we can buy the, buy the Redskins. Ooh. And, and fire everybody. Everybody. I mean everybody. Clean freaking house. Yeah. Because I'm tired. <laughs> I, I want to see, see my squad win again. Well, yeah, it, Gibbs is the only man in the history of the NFL, three different quarterbacks, three championships. Mm-hmm. That mean, that speaks volumes. Then the man gets to the track, and he's winning all the damn time. <laughs> he knows a thing or two about how to build teams. That's that. That's essentially right. what this you're saying. He knows yeah. how to put together a team, so mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. But but you know Snyder. Well, we're gonna you know I'm I'm gonna get rid of Bruce Allen and 
that, that was a mistake, and, and we're going to clean things up, and I'm going to hire a, a coach that just got fired, Ron Rivera. But I like Riverboat Ron. No, he's a good coach. Then you turn he's a good coach. And get uh, my guy that used to coach uh, Jacksonville. I also coached the Raiders, uh, Jack Del Rio. Mm-hmm. No, not uh, Jack Del Rio. The big guy. Have you ever seen his press? Co- been to a press conference with him? So they've got potential. Washington will be seven and nine. I guarantee. You. Ooh, I think that's. I think that's a- between. Somewhere between seven and nine, nine and seven. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's a uh, that's your bold prediction for the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and Alex Smith will come back. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Are you because play- Alex Smith wasn't a bad. He's not a bad quarterback. Oh no, he's not a bad quarterback at all. I just don't know how he's going to come back from that tough an injury. I, well, it- he's had already a year to sit out. Yeah, but those kind of injuries sometimes take a, take two years. Well, from what I've been hearing, uh, uh, rumblings out of the, the inside of the Beltway, that he wants to play again, and he still is under contract. So between Haskins, which I like, Haskins is the future. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't rush the future... Let him learn the system, yeah, or whatever system you're going to put in, and let Alex Smith come back and start. How can you go wrong? Yeah, they they just don't let rookie quarterbacks learn the game like they used to. That's the that's the that's probably one of the biggest impediments. And um, you know, well, so- I, I yes and no, yes and no. Let let's let's put it down here where a friend of mine always used to say. Let's put it down where the goats can get it. We're going to make it so simple. (laughs) If quarterbacks are learning how to play or be successful, throwing the ball all over the place like street football, you know, draw it up in the dirt, let's go. And then they take that to college and it works. But because it's pro and you've got offensive coordinators who don't think that way, that this is the way we are supposed to do it. Bread and butter. This, this, this. You, no, no, we can't, we can't run around and and, and throw the ball around willy nilly like that, like they're playing some street football. Oh my God, it would ruin the NFL. Those are the people that need to kiss my behind. <laughs> Although you're I, an idiot and get out of there. <laughs> Although I will say this though, you know, I think defenses kind of predicate some of that because defenses in the pro level are a whole different mile away from what they are at the college level. Yeah, but if I've got somebody that can run all over the place, like uh, Lamar Jackson, yeah, or, or or even Jimmy Garoppolo, my God, what was that during the 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 NFC Championship game? The guys throw six passes, nine passes, somewhere like that. That's unheard of. Yeah, and he won. Yeah, convincingly. So it it's. It's the mentality of the person. Again, we're going all full circle back to common sense. Common sense would tell me, let them run willy-nilly as long as they score. <laughs> I don't care how you get the job done, score. Yeah. 
Well, I will tell you this. Like I said, uh, both of our teams have ownership problems. We've kind of talked about yours. On mine, it'll be... Now, I think Mike McCarthy has a chance to do something. He just has a limited window to do it because Jerry has, from time to time, ceded a little bit of the control, Bill Parcells, but then Jerry, after a while, just can't help himself and then he's got to stick his hands in the in the pie. And, you know, he did that with Terrell Owens and that kind of ended the, the Parcells uh, deal. I think he's going to give Mike McCarthy the room to operate, but Mike McCarthy is going to have to be successful quickly before Jerry gets involved. Look, as long as Jerry, and I'm going to say this, so the whole world can hear it. I've said it pretty much on my show. The only way the Dallas Cowboys will be have any success, Jerry Jones must exit this planet. Period. End of story. <laughs> this man, he could he could screw up a bowel movement. <laughs> he has just got to face. He's one of those people that is great for sound bites. No wonder everybody has a sound bite for Jerry Jones. If Jerry Jones would shut up and let the team be the team and you write the checks and collect the money, you can go somewhere. I mean, the man is brilliant. I mean, to naming rights and, and, and all of that stuff. He's brilliant. Oh, yeah. No, I the- would love to, to just hang out with him for a day. Oh, yeah. He, he revolutionized NFL and marketing. Well, as long as he doesn't talk about the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> well, you have a hard time with that one. But yeah, he did revolutionize NFL marketing to, to the extremes to where it lives now. That's for sure. So before we uh, before we call it a night, let me get some thoughts from you about the Orlando Magic, a team that finally got back to the playoffs last season. Thank the good Lord for that. Um, you know, we have a team that has a, de- a defensive identity, but they lack consistency on offense. And what do you think is going to have to happen for them to find that that formula. I have some friends um, with the Magic, um, and I've said this to them. The problem with the Orlando Magic, now, this stage in the game, you don't have a player that has the bad boy image. Every successful team has somebody who will go out there and commit the foul or or do something wild and crazy to spark the team to get everybody to play. It's kind of like the loudmouth crazy DJ that you know if you need to go after another radio station or a broadcast entity, call the captain. <laughs> He'll get in there behind in a New York minute. And that's the kind of person they need on the roster. The problem is who? Because nowadays, basketball, to me, is kind of like the NFL in, in certain degrees. It's gotten soft. You've got players that don't have the killer instinct. They don't know how to run wind sprints until they drop, you know, not necessarily literally dead, but 
the, the training, the conditioning. You don't have athletes like that. You're talking about like Kobe or, or Shaq or 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 uh, a LeBron. I mean, well, it's a, live, breathe, eat, defecate, even basketball. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know. And, and, and that kind of leads me to something I was thinking about, you know, because, you know, the Magic have a lot of nice pieces, you know, you know, you know, Evan Fournier can have a good game one night, then Aaron Gordon will have his turn, and then Vooch will have his turn. They just don't have that one guy, that A-level guy, I think, that, that kicks them to the next level. You're right. Foles, uh, is his name Foles? Yeah, Foles. It, it, I mean... The guy, the guy will get, he's good for 10, 15 points. That's good. But you need, Vukovic is good. I mean, they've got some pieces that really, and I've, I've said this to, to uh, Coach Clifford, they got to gel. I, and and I'm, gl- I'm so glad they didn't start trading people off like, like the previous regime. No wonder they couldn't w- win because nobody knew how to play with anybody. Yeah. So now you've got a you've got a core team. You just need one bad boy. Somebody out there that's a bad boy that I bring him in. I know that I might. He's all, he's good for maybe ten points and, and five rebounds, but at least those ten points are going to be enough for us to win a ball game. Yeah. Well, and then coming you, down the stretch, and then you mentioned the fact well, somebody that- like. Dennis Scott. Mm-hmm. Dennis Scott in that three-point shot, you knew it was fire. You knew that was money. It wasn't much of a bad boy, but you knew get him the ball, good. It's money. Yeah. Well, the, but the, uh, but then, you know, right now, the game is pretty much all predicated around three-point shooting, uh, unlike in 3D's days. So, you know, I think the fact that there is not, quote-unquote, an inside game in basketball, I, to me... I think the, the, the next NBA team that'll be on the rise will be the one who brings back inside interior basketball. Or like, uh, I can't think of the brother's name, but he, he works in the arena, wears glasses, he's from Philadelphia, and he runs the elevator. Mm-hmm. And he and I, when we see each other, start to, you know, naturally we're talking basketball. And he says, how come these these damn near seven foot guys can't take the basketball? And instead of just shooting it off the backboard into the basket, they've got to shoot it directly into the basket. And they miss from time to time. And those misses add up. He goes, something that is so elementary simple layup you should never miss a layup they should be practicing layups until they can't shoot any keep their hands up anymore and he's right yeah there are a lot of miss about it yeah there are a lot of miss baskets close in no doubt about it so you know it's it's one of those things but hey you know that's why we we follow sports yep. you know it's it's interesting to make comments and you pass them along and sometimes they listen and most of the time they don't, but then when they don't, then they end up fired and then you have them on your show and then you're telling them again and then it's like, oh, I should have listened, you know. 
Yeah, but sports is a great playground in our lives, uh, that's for sure. So you have a pretty good playground yourself with your uh, morning show. So why don't you uh, take the time to uh, talk about everything about uh, Captain and Company in the morning and everything else you got going on. Wow. I think I've talked a long. I've talked long enough. I've talked <laughs> longer on your show than I do on mine. Uh, well, I'm not playing Captain music. Com- so. <laughs> Captain and Company in the morning has been around. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow will be Thursday, the thirtieth, and we will be doing our one thousand eight hundred and fifty ninth show. Woo. Been doing doing the morning show since twenty twelve. Uh, we cover the Jags, the Bucks, the Magic. Uh, the Vipers of the XFL, uh, the Predators of uh, the new Arena Football League. We do NASCAR. We do uh, road racing now. I'm, I'm into that. I, I love those those GT cars, uh, especially in Daytona. Try and go down to uh, to Homestead uh, and Sebring. It's just fun. I, I love to play my old school music. You know, music from when. Uh, when we were on the air back in the 80s, you know, 80s, 90s, and, and some 2000s, this new stuff, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't get it. Um, and we talk about, you know, fun stuff and, and issues and common sense. Why do women always put on lipstick when you're driving a car? They're, if you notice <laughs> that women are always talking on their cell phones, you know, in their cars. And to me, I'm telling you, that's sexting. And they're going, well, how do you know that? I said, because the woman is not having, you know, she's not being... Uh, uh, pleased at home. That's why she's out talking on the damn telephone, and that's why that we have all these accidents all over the place. You know, nobody thinks like you do. Be... Nobody thinks like you do. No, no, no but I, I got people all around the world laughing at me because they're like, "Damn, he's got a point there." You know, <laughs> men are practical and women are emotional. It, it's all day long. So if, if you like, you know, top hot button topics and not afraid to get out there in that water, then come over to oldschool101.com and, and uh, check us out Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. That's awesome. And, uh, and uh, of course, like I said, you're covering the, covering the sports there as well. You have the, uh, the Aquarius 7 Broadcasting Network. You have, you have your empire. Yes. Now if I can only get paid. <laughs> well, when you find out how that works, you tell me so I can get paid too. <laughs> Chris has been a lot of fun great to reminisce and we'll have to do it again sometime yes actually next time open invitation anytime you want to sit in on my morning show oh wow you're more than welcome to come in alright man I will I will definitely take you up on that that'll be fun to hang okay sounds good alright Chris Hill we appreciate it from Captain Company in the morning at oldschool101.com and joining us here on the Jeff Allen Sports Talk Podcast. Yeah, that was a blast. And uh, Chris takes me in different places that uh, we don't normally go on this show. But that's okay. Gotta do that once in a while. Stretch the boundaries and whatnot. An item or two before we wrap up the show this week, and I'm kind of struggling a little bit, and this kind of goes back to the Kobe Bryant story. Kind of struggling a little bit with the L. Duncan hashtag girl dad that's trending, and and you know she did a story about uh, 
about Kobe, you know, and the and 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 his daughter Gigi, who unfortunately passed away with him in that uh, in that helicopter crash with seven others, and you know, basically the theme of you know dads and daughters, and it's a beautiful concept, tremendously beautiful concept. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, does the story? Well, let me let me read you her last one of her latest tweets. I'm so moved by the outpouring of support behind my story about Kobe. And I love that hashtag girl dad is trending. So for all those proud fathers who still have their girls to love on, can you flood my timeline with pics of you and your flock? Honestly, I need it as much as anyone retweet now. The post has over 200,000 likes and over 16,000 retweets. But is this trending if not for the tragedy that took place on Sunday? And, you know, I don't want to cast aspersion on L. Duncan's intentions or ESPN's intentions, although I think ESPN is definitely, you know, in the clickbait business. And look, you know, if, if I had a daughter, I'd probably be posting to it myself. Which is kind of where I'm struggling with this because the message behind it is beautiful. So like Tony Bruno there. It, it is a, a tremendously powerful message of dads and daughters. Have no qualm with that whatsoever. But is the timing, are they getting a benefit of bad news? I don't know. Maybe time will tell, rethink it down the road. If, and it might feel differently about that. And if you have an opinion on that, please reach out to me on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88 and let me know. I'd be happy to hear and uh, be interested to hear what your opinion is uh, regarding the, the hashtag girl dad uh, trending right now. So be curious to hear that. And uh, you could also reach out to the website, jeffallensportstalk.com. Hope that, uh, hey, if the captain sent you my way, would love to have you as a su- subscriber to this podcast. So uh, head on over to jeffallensportstalk.com and you can pick the platform that you'd like to listen to podcasts on the most and uh, become a regular listener to this here podcast. And also uh, an item to let you know about to check out my AAC reports that I do each and every week for the Nightline Sports Network. As they, the network, we cover all UCF sports with the Nightline podcast, Sons of UCF, and then I take the overall conference view on the AAC reports. So uh, please join me on the Nightline Sports Network for that. So I've taken care of all the promotional items. So with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs.
Kramer Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. It's made from the finest ingredients, so it stops itching, heals hot spots, and painful inflamed skin. Kramer Salve contains a proprietary blend of neem, an ingredient known for its healing properties. A 4-ounce 6-month supply, including shipping, is just $30, and the 2-ounce 3-month supply, including shipping, is only $20. Help your dog end the itch and hot spot cycle. Order today at KramerSalve.net. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.